Hello, I'm Beano Cook, broadcasting live from heaven. That is, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It's been an unbelievable start to the 2022 college football season. Here are my top 10 teams heading into week 7. Number 1. Penn State. Oh boy, here we go. James Franklin and the boys from Happy Valley have outdone themselves again. With a 5-0 start and wins over Powerhouse, Purdue, and Auburn, I can't understand how anyone else could be in the top spot. Number 2. The Michigan Wolverines. Michigan is 6-0 after facing one of the toughest schedules in the country. It's too bad they have to face the mighty Nittany Lions this weekend and tarnish an otherwise perfect record. Number 3. Notre Dame. After a rocky first two weeks, the luck of the Irish is back and Coach Freeman has his team playing as well as anyone in the country. Speaking of Chicago area greats, back in 1952, I got in a fist fight with Joe Paterno over a young recruit named Mike Ditka. Paterno says he could have kicked my butt and since he was only 47 at the time, he was probably right. Number four, Pittsburgh. Mike Ditka. Tony Dorsett, Dan Marino, Larry Fitzgerald, Aaron Donald, Keydon Slovis. Pittsburgh has its next legendary player, and despite some early setbacks, the sky's the limit. Not since Ron Paulus have I seen such a tremendous Heisman candidate. Number five, the United States Army. Most teams with a one... <laughs> Most teams with a 1-4 record couldn't crack the top 10, but the commitment and sacrifice of our boys in uniform is what makes America the best country on earth. No one's faced more adversity this year, except maybe fans who had to watch an Aaron Judge at bat. Haven't we all suffered enough? Number 6. Penn State Altoona Like a slice of Altoona-style pizza, this team has great ingredients that combine to form something better than the sum of its parts. I have no doubt they'll take the Allegheny Mountain Conference crown. Number 7. Carnegie Mellon How do you make it to the top of college football? Practice, practice, practice. After a shutout of Westminster and a hard-fought win against Waynesburg, the Tartans are ready for another big-time performance. Number 8. Alabama the Tide looked pretty good. Number nine, the Cutstown Golden Bears. With back-to-back -back wins over East Stroudsburg and Bloomsbury, the Bears' offense has been as smooth as a yingling. And finally, number 10, Georgia. The defending national champs may have lost a step from last year, but I think this might, I think, I think this might be the week. <laughs> Well done. This might be the week where backup wide receiver Grant Krieger from Pittsburgh, PA, finally gives them the spark they need. Well, that's all for me, Bino Cook, reporting live from heaven. If you'll excuse me, I'm off to a party with Angela Lansbury and Coolio. Enjoy another week of the greatest sport on earth, college football. you grew up in the 90s and you don't have like some cte it's like it means something's wrong it just means you had no friends <laughs> yeah
<laughs> if you grew up in the 90s and you don't have minor CTE, it means you're a loser. Yeah, basically. It's, it's like, well, I true. didn't do any of that shit. It's like, well, did you climb trees with friends and fall out head first? Yep. Did you play tackle football in the streets on Camillus Drive? Oh, you mean mm-hmm. your dad didn't push you in a sled down a giant hill straight into a tree? <laughs> oh, I guess, I guess your parents didn't love you, <laughs> man. I'm sorry. Yeah. Ever go ice fishing on Casanova Lake <sighs> and have to walk a half mile out into the goddamn lake and slip <laughs> on some ice and land on your head? Yeah. <laughs> We had a lot of boxing matches in the basement of Camille's Middle. Remember those? Oh, or yeah. was that? Helmet. Okay, that was ninth and Helmet tenth and gloves. Helmet and gloves. Helmet and gloves. Helmet and gloves in the boiler room. <laughs> the boiler room basement of Camille's Middle School. We're having helmet and glove boxing matches. Yeah, yeah CTE. Yeah, they, yeah, at, you know, age 12 or whatever, we didn't realize that like wearing lacrosse gloves and a helmet was not like protective boxing gear. Those were adult sized helmets and we were 14. I know the helmet, they did the not, helmet was like this did, big on me. <laughs> you get punched and the thing turns <laughs> sideways. This is like a Bugs Bunny cartoon. It just starts spinning. It really, it was. I remember guys having their helmet like crooked. Like yeah. I was always thinking like someone's going to break their nose like that. <laughs> I think I got more, I might be upgrading myself from low level, like introductory CTE to like a advanced, like 300 level course. Yeah, it's we went through some shit. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm on board with this. If you don't have some CTE, you're not cool. Yeah, true. you weren't cool in the 90s. Yeah. Oh, I mean, if you were born like, you know, after the rise of Blink-182, then you're fine. Then it's normal to have no brain damage. All right. Well, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to week seven of Take the Points College Football Podcast. What an honor to have the great... Bino Cook making a posthumous appearance 10 years to the date of his passing. Uh, I am here. I'm Tom. I'm here with Dan and Ryan as usual. And uh, we have so much we want to talk about. This, guys, I think is one of the best weeks of college football I've ever seen in my life. Like our whole life. Three undefeated top 10 teams matching up. Or, uh, sorry, TCU's 13th. But three undefeated should be top 10 matchups incredible and games we'll get to that in other years would be one of the best games of the entire season, which barely make your radar like, you know, Clemson, Florida state, for example, barely on the radar this week. Um, but let's start with a recap of week six. Uh, let's start with you, Ryan. We had some, uh, great plays and some bad coaching as usual. So, uh, what'd you take away from week six? Uh, week six. Okay. Georgia, really good. Alabama, getting by with a backup. Lucky that Jimbo is a moron. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. If Jimbo's IQ is higher than 17, they win that game by three scores. But unfortunately, not the case. Um, Can I say... Between Jimbo and uh, I don't like to be too hard on kids, especially like sophomores or freshmen, but man, Hayes King, not a good performance, not good at all. And Jimbo's coaching and that last call, but not just the last call, but so many of the calls toward the end were just atrocious. They should have yeah. won that game. They they should have won that game and they probably should have won that game 
by probably two scores at least. Like the way that Alabama played, they they've left the door open. But the real story, guys, of week six was the re-emergence, sorry, I got too excited, of Mr. Chip Kelly. UCLA with the best win of the week. They looked really good. And guys, I don't know. are Are you ready to DTR? Are you DTR, Tom? I picked Utah as a high confidence pick last week, and I was way off. And I'm just, I'm ready to publicly apologize to DTR. Took him eight years, but he finally got there. UCLA looks legitimately good and we'll see how that goes. Now, of course, normally this is where they drop a game to like Arizona state the next week or something. But, um, I don't know, man, looks like we might have a Los Angeles showdown coming later in the year. This is an outrage. I've heard enough out of both of you. <laughs> UCLA will fall apart. Mark my words. You have nothing to worry about. There's money to be made betting against them. DTR will fuck this up. Chip Kelly will fuck this up. This is an October mirage. As the leaves change on the trees, so will UCLA's fortunes. This will not stand. I'm, I'm ashamed at what I heard come out of both of your mouths. You should be angry at your own i'm i'm so fired up right now this is a disgrace this is a low for take the points right now i'm sorry i'm yelling at you guys but i have no choice utah uh which we'll talk about later only struggles about against teams with spread offenses like we saw at the rose bowl last year with ohio state they played in a hot california game against ucla with some spread and some fun formations do not worry. DTR will throw a crushing pick six at some point this season. Mark my words. You have nothing to worry about. Three losses still coming for UCLA. Um, now, on a lighter subject, <laughs> um, I think the real story last week, kind of an under-the-radar story, was how valuable K.J. Jefferson and Will Levis are to their teams. Um Arkansas and Kentucky looked absolutely terrible. Anytime Spencer Rattler wins a game on the road, you know something's up. Um, you know, those guys were are the undisputed leaders of their team, and both teams really suffered without them. And besides that, it was a good week where, um, you know, basically all the teams in the top 10 won, which sets up a great week for this week. So um, excited for these games this week, and we'll talk more about Utah and all that kind of fun stuff coming up in this episode. I would just like to add one thing since we're degenerates. I had as much fun watching the uh, Iowa, Illinois game and texting with you guys as I did watching any of the so-called good games this weekend. Uh, Nine to six, Dan betting that alternate under total. Um, (laughs) I told you I would. Now, of course, we didn't know going into that that the great Tommy DeVito wouldn't be playing and that Art Sikowski would be stepping in. They just, they've got the New Jersey quarterback to Illinois, like, channel there. They just, like, it's like one of those bank tubes. They just are like, we need a bad New Jersey quarterback. They put Art Sikowski in the tube and just zip him over to Champaign. He's awful. All right, so I took all under 30 and a half. And it ended on 15 points. It's always good when you bet an under and the total point total when multiplied times two still comes under. 
And it's even better when that number's 30 and a half. So uh, that's probably my most proud moment of the gambling season thus far, even though it was a small bet, just to be right, watching that in the fourth quarter gone. This could go to triple overtime. It's still not going over. There's no chance this is going over. So, and we'll talk about stuff. we'll talk about coaches later on. But we have identified the holy grail. Our holy grail is a Big Ten game with a twenty nine and a half point total, an under thirty total. And we've identified the game: <laughs> Iowa Northwestern. Lock this up. Lock of the year under twenty nine and a half. We're going to post it at like 34 and a half and yeah. just go ahead and bet your whole account on the under that's 17 each, which is literally impossible. So, um, I don't know. Iowa unders the gift that keeps on giving. All right, Dan, um, since it's such a great week, I say we get right into the lines and, uh, all of our great segments that we do every week will, uh, naturally come out of the ether. So let's do Sounds some lines good. fellas. All right, boys, here we go. Thursday night, West Virginia and Neil Brown host the team from Waco. (laughs) It's a setup. Baylor Bears. It is a setup, but I don't think he's going to take the bait. Um, There's other opportunities. Baylor minus three, total 54. Um, I have no clue. Uh, Ryan, you want to take this one? This is so weird. Like... Vegas knows something here. Baylor's way better, but this is a Thursday night in Morgantown, one of the hardest places to play, even when they're a rat team. So this is like a total stay away from me. This is a hundred percent stay away. I, I don't know why this isn't Baylor minus at least seven. And that scares me that I'm, when Vegas is that much off from what I think it is, I stay away. I'm going to do it. I believe in the power of the tarmac report. And I know Morgantown's tough to play, but man, they are bad. Uh, I have no clue and I'm going to stay away. I'm actually going to take UCL, uh, UCF minus 23 and a half home against Temple on Thursday night. Same time. Temple can't play football at all, let alone travel to Florida and go on vacation and play football. Uh, Look for UCF to win something like 45 to 10 is my guess on that one. I noticed noticed Temple, a marquee Pennsylvania program, did not make Beano Cooks top 10. That's how bad they're doing this year. They're they're absolutely brutal. Um, One game on Friday we have to quickly mention. UTSA travels to Florida International. Um. Last week, UConn was laying five against FIU and covered with ease. UTSA now laying 33 and a half at FIU. What's going on there with FIU? Can they play football at all? Do we have any idea, Tom? They, they have the literal worst defense in all of college football. Okay. Oh, it's, a, well, it's funny you should say that, guys. I have some thoughts. <laughs> Oh no. Oh yeah. I wasn't ready for it yet. I was waiting. Oh, don't you worry. I have to pounce on it right now. We have a new entry into the tar Mac report and I cannot wait any longer. Ladies and gentlemen, the tarmac has come full circle this year and this, this week 
It's a great one. Strap in because we're heading down to Florida for number five. That's Jeff Scott at USF, South Florida. Okay, you guys were talking about Temple being the worst team in the like ever. Well, USF plays at Temple November 5th. If they don't win that game, they're not going to win another game the rest of the year. That's the only game on USF's schedule that they could possibly win, other than their lone win against Howard. Not the college, just some guy named Howard. He's <laughs> like, I think he worked at Walmart. He was a greeter at Walmart, and the team took him out in the parking lot and whooped his ass. But a real football team, not so much. They're terrible. They, like, he's, yeah, that's done. Speaking of terrible, number four, welcome back after a, a little bit of a reprieve. Butch Jones, oh yeah, yes. blown out at home by James Madison. I get it. They're undefeated. They're 25th in the country now. But it's James Madison going to Arkansas, and they blew you the hell out. Come on, Butch. I would say you're better than that, but we clearly know that's not the case. <laughs> Nope. All right. Coming in at number three, welcome to the Tarmac 2022 debut, Mike McIntyre, Florida International. Mm-hmm. You lost at home to UConn. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't, I don't, what else? There's not like, even a joke there. No, like they have two wins. One of them was New Mexico State. That doesn't count. That's not a real win. You know who else they beat? Week one, they beat Bryant in overtime. You know Bryant? You guys ever heard of Bryant College? Yeah, my cousin went there. Yeah, yeah I, know, I know. Yeah, I know him too. You know why? Because they were our biggest rival. When I played Division Two lacrosse, yeah, I did not know them from football. Yeah, they made the jump from D two to D one like a few years ago, and they only lost that game because they went for two for the win and didn't get it. Oh my God, McIntyre, you're terrible. You're terrible at Colorado. You're terrible in Florida. Just bad. Speaking of bad, number two, we have a tie at number two. Kirk and Brian Ferentz. They're moving Congratulations. Back. You guys are number two and the tarmac together. From here on out, there is no way to separate the two. Tom was, was nice enough to send us some, some press conference. Uh, updates of Mr. Brian Ferentz today. I, I read all of those, by the way. I read the whole transcript. They're great. Oh, my God. If there's anything more boring than his offense, it's his personality. God, like, no wonder they're 9-6. Like, that dude is a dial tone. Awful. 
and coming in at number one, coming in around full circle, Brian Harson. Yes. This is the week where you go to Ole Miss to Oxford and juice is going to piss on your shoes. <laughs> Lane might piss in your mouth and Lane Kiffin, the one who started the tarmac is going to get a Shang Tsung and get a soul this year, this week when they dismantle Auburn and Brian Harson gets left in Oxford, Mississippi. Dan, I know you had a job for him lined up in Auburn. I don't know mm. if they're going to allow him back. You might have to find out and see if they got a franchise in Oxford that he can, he can apply to. Does Louis have an Oxford location? I need answers for next week. I love it. Okay. I'll look into it. Uh, I want to, so I want to extend the tarmac a little bit. You know, we often say the tarmac is, uh, you know, we say it's like hotel California, you know, you can enter, but you can't leave or, you know, it's, there's only one way out of the tarmac traditionally, but Ryan, there have been a couple coaches who have snuck their way off the tarmac recently, longtime contenders, Brett Bielema, and Dino Babers both seem to have been the first two who ever got off the tarmac in a good way. So what do you say to those two or others like Mike McIntyre who might be on the tarmac and think he has a chance to get out? You're never off the tarmac. You're still around. You, you're just, look, sometimes you get to sit in, in the Delta lounge. You get some free drinks. You get to hang out but you're still there. You're still at the airport. And at any second now, they're going to, they're going to revoke your pass from the lounge. They're going to go make you sit out with the, with the other people. And then who knows what's going to happen. Once you get out there, you might have a few too many cocktails at a Chili's. You might say some things to a recruits mother. And then the next thing you know, you're back on the tarmac where you belong. They're never gone, Tom. They're never gone. Well, it's a lesson to all the kids out there. You, you got to avoid the tarmac the first time because once you get once you get on there, you're always nearby. It's always following you. You got that stink on you. <laughs> They're always there waving you in with those two little orange rods. You ever smell jet fuel? That's what those guys smell like. <laughs> <laughs> so good. All right, Danny. Bring us back. All right, real quick. Um, in case you forgot about Mike McIntyre, I want to expand on him real quick. So he's the <laughs> FIU coach this year. This is his first. We're never uh, going to ever do lines on this show. No, that's fine. I'm going to go fast through those. But um, I feel like it's my obligation to point out his code and coaching history. It's 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 uh, something I like to look into every week now. It's, it's basically like my own sub-segment. It's called in case you forgot, uh, Mike McIntyre was, in case you forgot, was Memphis's defensive quarter coordinator last year for one year. Didn't go well. Before that, he was at Ole Miss for one year until Lane took over. Lane fired him in his first week uh, as defensive coordinator. And before that, he was fired at Colorado, which, as we know, he's responsible for the downfall of Colorado, and they've not had a winning season since he was there in 2013, I believe. So in case you forgot, he has a history of losing, and this is now rock bottom. So 
uh, well-deserved place on the tarmac. Good call, Ryan. He was so bad that he is partially responsible for Mel Tucker making ninety-five million because Mel Tucker looks so good by comparison. Oh, even though he it, clearly wasn't. These coaches are so bad that that they have ruined multiple schools. Like we we're talking about Brian Harson. Like, oh yeah, he's the guy who fucked up Boise. We totally forgot. <laughs> it's not. It's not just Auburn. He's on the tarmac for two schools. And Mike McIntyre, you're on the hook for two as well, Colorado and FIU. So don't think we forgot about that. All um, right, Dan, while, to- I, know, I know we're just going to keep delaying this, but while we're on the topic of bad coaching, we often don't talk about the NFL, but because there is a college relationship, I feel like we have to give our number one NFL gambling tip of 2022 involving the Thank Carolina you. Panthers. Uh, thank you. I believe I sent out a group text there today, NFL gambling alert. With <laughs> yeah, you the emoji. With sirens and shit. <laughs> sirens. Carolina. I, thought, I thought there was a lost child or something, but it's just Steve fucking Wilkes. It's more important. So, uh, Matt Rule has been fired in Carolina, and they have two coordinators. One is McAdoo, the coordinator who used to be the head coach of the Giants, and the other is Steve Wilkes, who most recently ran the worst defense in all of college football, but he was at an SEC school doing it, which is literally impossible, but somehow he figured out how to do that and was fired after one year at Arizona. So feel free to fade Carolina all year. They are going to not, they're, they're going to lose out. They're tanking for a quarterback and it's not even going to be close. No spreads big enough. It's going to take Vegas three or four weeks to get a big, bigger, just blindly bet the pan- against the Panthers every week because Steve Wilkes is uh, useless. All right. Not to mention half Thank their you. team is going to just get traded to the Bills in about a week. That's right. Any minute now, breaking news is coming. Um, all right, so here we go. We're going to get serious with the lines now. We're going to Saturday. You got to strap in early on this Saturday. You got to do what you got to do in the morning because it starts early and it doesn't stop for a long time. So right off the bat, Penn State at Michigan, Michigan minus seven, total 51 and a half. Tom Z, go ahead. Penn State. All right. Uh, This is actually a very tough one because neither of these teams has truly been tested in the manner in which they will be tested in this game. I saw Matt Leiner for some reason tweeted something out about like, oh, Penn State hasn't played or beaten a ranked opponent this year. It's like, hey, Matt, you might want to look into Michigan because they've had uh, quite literally the easiest schedule in all of college football. So yeah. um, Penn state, I feel like we kind of know what they are. Michigan. I have no idea. I mean, they've looked like last year's Michigan, but they've been playing absolute dog shit teams to get there. And they haven't looked great in a whole game against say Indiana, for example. So um, I would, it takes a leap of faith, I think to lay seven on Michigan, even though they're at home, even though they're the favorite, uh, even though they're ranked number five, I think that's a real tough one. So uh, at the same time, it would be tough to go with Penn State, um, having not faced uh, a physical team like this. Um, but if I have to choose a line, I'm just going to take the points with Penn State and think this is probably a field goal game. Uh, I think the under is probably my favorite bet, even though I do think it'll be close. I mean, 27, 24 would get you a push and that seems possible. Um, so I'll probably stay away. Um, the under is my favorite 
that should be a great one. I look forward to watching. And this is like, this is what college football is all about this game and several other this weekend. So I love it. I'm ready. Great. Ryan. Uh, under for me, it's going to be like 45 degrees at kickoff. Uh, fall football is here. This is, this is a classic big 10 under for me. I'll make it three. I like the under no clue on the spread. So, uh, moving on. This one's pretty easy. Auburn at Ole Miss, Ole Miss minus 14 and a half. Ryan, would you like to take this one? Lane Kiffin, your soul is mine. He's getting his Shang sung, and they're going to win by 38. That's the number. 38-point <laughs> win. Let's go. Moving on. Kansas at Oklahoma. Oklahoma minus nine. Dylan Gabriel back at practice. Has not been cleared by the doctors, but this is like standard procedure. He will be playing in this game. Total uh, 62 and a half. I'll take this one. Um, you may be inclined to take Kansas based on how bad Oklahoma's been playing. Be careful with this one. Um, I do like the over, however. Yeah, I don't think you can really trust Oklahoma's defense, but it will be a backup quarterback for Kansas, although he did throw four touchdowns against TCU. There is some film out on him now. Oklahoma at home, very desperate, playing Kansas, can't lose to the name Kansas. Uh, I think Oklahoma wins. They may cover, and I like the over in this game. Um, as crazy as that sounds. So, uh, but I'm not going to bet it. I'm, I'm not touching this, but that's my prediction. Ryan, go right ahead. Give me the points and give me a way over. I think this mm. game gets to at least, at least 70, 73 range, 38, 35 type of game. And, uh, I'll take the points. See. Yeah. I'm with Ryan. Uh, Scores in the thirties and Kansas has been a better team. If you just did like the, you know, team a versus team B Kansas has been the better team. Very good. All right. Also 9am Iowa state travels to Austin, take on Texas Longhorns, Texas minus 16 and a half total 49 and a half, a half point more than how many points Texas beat Oklahoma by last week. Tom, go ahead and take this one. Oh, this one's all you, Dan. All right. Thank you very much. Lay it with Texas. Quinn Ewers is the real deal. It's a shame he got hurt or they'd be undefeated right now and probably rank like fourth is my third. If Texas is undefeated in some other, you know, world that didn't happen, this line would be like 27 and a half, probably not 16 and a half. So uh, go ahead and lay it with Texas. The, I, I, I'm so impressed by what they're doing. The play calling on offense is so great. They got skill all over the field. Keep in mind the um, Alabama transfer, a tight end, uh, Jake um, Billingsley, is active this week for the first time all year as well. So that's another toy to add to the offense. Um, Texas rolls, blowout. Love it. All right, let's move on. Tom, this is all you. Minnesota at Illinois. Minnesota somehow favored by six and a half. Total 39. Looks like Minnesota gets their running back back. Ibrahim, it looks like star quarterback Tommy DeVito is also going to miss this game. Tom, explain to me what's going on here. Six and a half, 39. I think you just summed it up. I mean, Minnesota, first off, Minnesota in the public eye is the better team than Illinois. Illinois sucked for many years, and P.J. Fleck still has that like shine on him where – 
people really like the program. Uh, Ibrahim, though, the running back, that's the difference. Um, I don't have the exact stats, but if you look at the performance Minnesota's had in the last couple of years with him versus without him, it's like two different teams. Um, so I really like this Minnesota team to win. And uh, Brett Bielema's time being a ranked team was fun. It was a good time. <laughs> But uh, all good things come to an end. And especially, I never thought I'd say this, but without Tommy DeVito, they don't have a chance. They really need Tommy DeVito, Syracuse transfer. Let's start um, moving on and uh, focusing on, on some important stuff here. Alabama at Tennessee. Game of the week. Alabama minus seven. Total 65 and a half. I'll take this one and I'll pass it to you guys. I don't know if Bryce Young is going to play. If he is out for this game, I am certain that Tennessee will win this game outright. Um, Hendon Hooker looks incredible, and I don't understand what Virginia Tech was doing letting him leave. Tennessee's offense is great. Really impressive win last week at LSU. I know LSU is not that great this year, but to go on the road, early start time, and blow them out. Like, it wasn't close. They, they kept their foot on the gas. Great job by Heupel and everybody there. Um, even if Bryce Young plays, give me the seven at home with Tennessee. Alabama has looked shaky this year. They've replaced a lot of parts from last year. And even last year's team was a quote-unquote rebuilding team. Um, this isn't, uh, you know, I mean, Alabama's a great team. Don't get me wrong. But this isn't near as good as some of the other Alabama teams we've seen in the past 15 years. This is probably maybe the worst one or second to worst. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it, it has to be lo- ranked low. Uh, they have, don't have as much talent um, in a couple of key positions. Moral of the story. Uh, I think Tennessee wins outright either way. Um, my favorite bet of the week actually is at Alabama, or Tennessee plus seven. I think they get it done. I think all the stars are aligned. I think the offense is clicking. It's the biggest game for Tennessee football in 25 years, probably since Peyton Manning was there, is my guess. Uh, or maybe T. It was Martin, baby, when he had come on. T. Martin and Peerless Price. I knew it. As soon as I said it, I'm like, wait a minute, I'm forgetting that they won the national title the year after. But um, moral of the story, Alabama's due to lose. They've had a close call against Texas, close call against Texas A&M. Um, this one's on the road. Give me Tennessee. Ryan, what do you think? It's, I mean, it's really, really hard. Um, the way I'm kind of looking at it is, you know, what's the path to victory for each team? And the more that I look at that, the more I think that the, the, my favorite bet in this is actually the over. I think that's the only way that Alabama can win this game is they actually have to, to outscore Tennessee. I don't think they have the defense out. Like you said, they're, you know, they have a few stars, but they don't have the defense consistently to keep to, to stop Tennessee from scoring 30 to 40 points. So the only way Alabama can win this game is if they outscore them. So for that, I'm just going to take the over and, uh, and just hope for a good game. Probably the points is probably the smart bet. But for me, I think the safest bet is the over. Um, what do you think in this game? Big game. Well, to restate the obvious, whether or not Bryce Young plays 
totally changes the course of this game and the way I think about it. Um, let's start with him not playing. Uh, in that case, Tennessee plus seven seems like a great bet based on last week. Um, but even if he plays, Texas almost beat them. Texas A&M almost beat them. You could argue, and I would argue, that both of those teams should have beat them and that the only thing, the only thing, besides some shitty coaching by Jimbo, the only thing that really stopped them was uh, quarterback play, like not having an injured starting quarterback. Now, I know Alabama also had their injured starting quarterback, but they had Bryce Young against Texas. So if you're almost losing against Hayes King and Hudson card, you're about to play uh Hendon hooker, who by the way is now, I think second in the Heisman race, uh, yeah. which would be unbelievable if a 24 year old Hendon hooker after being, you know, toiling away in mediocrity at Virginia tech comes to Tennessee and like takes this team back to the top of college football wins a Heisman. That would be one of the greatest stories, you know, in a long time. So uh, without Bryce young, obviously take the seven, but I'm going to take the seven either way. Uh, I'm less confident about Tennessee winning outright. If Bryce young does play, he's a special player as we know. And um, he turns things on at the end of close games in a way that uh, other, no one else in the country really can. And we've seen him last year win games by himself. So uh, I'm not confident in Tennessee winning outright if Bryce young plays, but I'll take the seven points either way. And, uh, I'm not confident about an over either. So guess that's it. Uh, I have a hypothetical situation for you gentlemen. Um, let's say, uh, Tennessee beats Alabama this week and then loses to Georgia in a couple weeks, but then runs the table for the rest of the season. Georgia, uh, wins their side of the sec over Tennessee via head to head. And they play in the sec title game. Yes. Say Alabama runs the table the rest of the way, mm-hmm. and they win their side of the of the SEC. Therefore, it's Georgia Alabama um, in the SEC title game. Undefeated Georgia, one loss Alabama. Outside, one loss Tennessee. If Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC title game, do Georgia, Alabama, and Tennessee all get into the playoff? And you bring in Ohio State. I assuming, think, yeah, assuming Clemson. USC, UCLA, all, someone loses a game out there. Is it possible to get three SEC teams in the playoff? I think it's possible. They need interesting, help. right? They need help in a number of areas. And it's an interesting hypothetical thing uh, that could happen beginning with this week. We'll, we'll keep an eye on that. Um, before we move on to another game, I would like to do my coach's restaurant segment in this game. No, I'm not doing Nick Saban, so don't worry. Um, I'm not allowed uh, contractually. He can physically murder me. Uh, it's, uh, it's in the fine print of take the points. Um, I'm going to do it on Josh Heifel. Um, so coach's restaurant usually focuses on fast food or, uh, you know, chain restaurants. And it feels like fast food has been getting a little bit old and stale and has been living up to expectations much like, Tennessee football over the past 20 years or so. But recently, a new chain has come up and really taken the Midwest at first and now the West Coast by storm 
Ryan's nodding his head. He loves it. I love it. That would be Culver's. If Josh Heupel would happen to get fired for some dumb reason, he'd fit in it very well at Culver's. I'll tell you why. Culver's just just executes on on an extremely high level. They have burgers, chicken sandwiches, fish, like real fish, uh, shrimp. They have Wisconsin cheese curds as a side dish. They have, uh, you know, nacho cheese sauce you can get with your French fries. And they even have uh, frozen custard, a whole little case um, that you can uh, score on the way out as well. It's probably the best fast food available uh, out there right now. I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, you know, in and out's great, but it's a small menu for, but for a wide range menu, Culver's is night and day compared to McDonald's, Burger King, Jack in the Box, all the other ones. Um, I don't know if you've had a chance to enjoy Culver's yet, Tom, but it is top notch. I've never had Culver's. Oh, you, as soon as you can, please go. Um, extremely good. Very clean on the inside. Uh, they aren't open in the morning for any breakfast bullshit. Um, you order at the counter and they will actually take your tray to the table and bring it to you and hand deliver it. The packaging is always spot on. There's not a bunch of fucking straws and dumb shit and napkins everywhere. Um, just a super professional operation with great food. It's as good a fast food as you can really ask for. I don't think they can improve on anything. And, uh, kind of like Josh Heupel, right? I mean, Tennessee's looks as good as they have in a long time. It's completely turned around the program from that loser Bush Jones, the trash can he had on the sideline. Uh, that was a low point. Um, and uh, anyway, Culver's is great. Heupel's great. Go Vols. And uh, look, looking forward to this weekend. Ryan, do you have anything to add on Culver's? Glad you threw it to me, Dan. I do have one thing to add. There's a Culver's down the street for me. Not far. And here's the other great thing about Culver's big in the community, big in sports, the Culver's by my house, Dan, it's great. You go in, you walk in the front door and you, you walk in and there's, you know, the, the little hallway towards like the restroom and the, all that. And that wall is dedicated to one thing, giant framed pictures of, of the Fiesta Bowl. <laughs> yes. Love it. Big, like, you know, the tickets are framed, pictures from the game, the whole deal. The whole wall, just all Fiesta Bowl stuff. That's great. You go to the other wall, and it's just all pictures of local high school sports teams that they sponsor. And it's pretty awesome. Okay, now we've spent 20 minutes on Bama, Tennessee. Let's see how we can move on here. Uh, Oklahoma State at TCU, great game, also at 1230. Uh, TCU minus four at home. Took care of business at, uh, at Kansas. Kansas put up a great fight, a um, little bit low on the points in the first half, but then it exploded as poss- as, you know, as expected. Um, TCU minus four, six, eight and a half is the total. I'll start this one. I like the over in this game. Oklahoma State's defensive coordinator has moved on to Ohio State. They gave up 44 points to Central Michigan. They've been giving up like 27 to other teams like Baylor. They gave up 30-something to Texas Tech. TCU is going to score at least 35. Oklahoma State should score at least 35. Their total is 68.5. I think it's a no-brainer over. Um, And I wouldn't be shocked if Oklahoma State wins or loses close. So 
I'm not touching the spread, but I'll take the over in that game for sure. Tom, what do you think? Oklahoma State's the only marquee team who I've not watched a minute of this year, so I'm just going to have to defer to you guys, but an over certainly sounds correct based on my knowledge of college football. Ryan, what you got? I got nothing. 45-42 TCU. Way over. Super close game. That sounds good. Uh, In the opposite... NC State travels to Syracuse. Uh, Syracuse minus three and a half, total 42. Dino's got a horseshoe up his ass as Dennis Leary. (laughs) We'll call him Dennis Leary. The quarterback of NC State um, is out for this game. So Syracuse gets a gift. And um, go ahead, uh, Ryan, you, you go ahead and take this one. I'm actually going to completely pass. I have no feel for this game. I don't know if Syracuse is any good. I don't think NC State's good without Dennis Leary. It's I got no feel. Tom, Dennis Leary, go ahead. I also have no feel. However, we've definitely been friends too long because I watched the game. Uh, I've watched a few NC State games, and every time I see D. Leary, I just stare at the screen. I'm like, Coffee-flavored coffee. So, <laughs> you, you know that classic. Stones, 24 hours a day. Yeah. Pull up your pants. Yeah. I just, hear the, I just hear the song. I just hear, I'm an asshole. Yo. <laughs> I forgot about That's that. Good call. Um, real quick, Western Kentucky at Middle Tennessee State. Western Kentucky, Middle Tennessee Air Raid. Total 68. Go ahead and bet that over. Nothing more needs to be said about that game. All right. 25th ranked James Madison travels to Georgia Southern. James Madison minus 12, total 67. Tom, go right ahead. (laughs) Yeah. I've not watched much James Madison football (laughs) this year. I know they're very fired up because Lizzo played their flute. But other than that, I don't really have a good feel for this game. Um, but I always forget this Georgia Southern or Georgia state, which is the Helton coach team, Ryan? Is it state or Southern? I actually now. Oh, I think it's state. All right. In that case, I'll take the points. But if I find out that there's a, a Helton within a hundred yards of this game. No, he is at Georgia Southern. Oh, okay. Lay it. Double the spread. Lay it. Alternate total. I love it. Okay. Um, Real quick, Tom, Wisconsin at Michigan State, Wisconsin minus seven, total 49 and a half. How bad is Michigan State to be a dog by seven points, this terrible Wisconsin team? What the hell is going on here? Uh, Bad enough that you should uh, lean Wisconsin slightly in this. (laughs) I mean, we need more... You cannot take Michigan State in the spot. I'm telling you, you cannot take them in any spot, really, but especially this spot with a resurgent Wisconsin new coach. I'm telling you, folks, Wisconsin's going to compete for that Big Ten West. Like this team's not going to be pretty. They're not going to be a top 15 or 10 team, but like they're going to be better and they're going to beat some of these crappy Big Ten teams. And don't be surprised if they like win out or drop like only one more game the rest of the season. So. Uh, stick with Wisconsin. Michigan state is atrocious. 
Mel Tucker, as I've said many times, the only reason he's not on the tarmac is because we can't afford to get him there. Um, but you know, as the days go by and as people start to, you know, some of these big schools, they've been buying out huge contracts, you know, nobody's safe anymore. So, uh, yeah, fade Michigan state the rest of the way for sure. They stink. Real. Who the hell thinks this game's getting to 50 points, by the way, 49 <laughs> and a half. Well, no, I mean, no, because Wisconsin could score like 42 on their own. They can't throw. It's Michigan State's pass defense that's the problem. Wisconsin can't throw. Under. Good call, Ryan. This game sucks. Moving on. <laughs> this would have been this would have been like one of the 10 best games, what, six years ago? This is what I'm talking about, where there's yes. games that should be marquee games in name only, and like they you're not even gonna watch a minute of it. Uh, you're right. I watched zero seconds of this game. Even if I bet it, I still won't turn it on. This one I'm going to bet Arizona at Washington, Washington minus 14 total 73. Well, one thing you should know about Washington is they're four and two, but they're six and oh to the over on the year. They have no defense, a very good offense. They somehow gave up 45 points to Arizona state's backup quarterback last week. Emory Jones, got hurt in the first quarter the backup came in they scored 45 i don't know what the fuck happened i've watched arizona play no semblance of defense their offense is like their quarterback just runs around like a a madman and chucks the ball over the field i know 73 sounds high but it's not high enough go ahead and take the over in this game big fan of that Speaking of games that used to be a marquee, but are is not this week, LSU at Florida. Florida minus two and a half at home, total 51 and a half. Both teams sitting at a fraudulent four and two. Ryan, what do you like in this game? I like nothing about this game. This is, an, <laughs> this is an awful, like, again, in name only. Like, this is not going to be fun. I don't even feel confident betting it under because I have no idea what the like I don't know what LSU team's gonna show up on the road. I can't trust them. They just got blown out at home by Tennessee. Like now they gotta go to the swamp. They'll get up because it's a rivalry game. But I, I just I can't trust LSU on the road. If I had to pick a side, I'll oh. just take Florida. Z. Imagine you try time travel back to not even that far, let's say 2016, 2015, and you find your former self and you say, hey, on October 15th of 2022, the college football lineup is going to include LSU, Florida, Clemson, Florida State, and Wisconsin, Michigan State. You'd be like, that sounds like one of the best college football weeks ever. And, and future, you would say it is. And you won't watch a minute of any of those games. And it's still going to be the best week ever. Very true. So I'm not, I'm not even wasting my mental energy on this. Although no, I'm not going to waste any mental energy on this. Enjoy. I like, I like Florida. I think LSU sucks. Um, They had a comeback against Mississippi state and they should have lost against Auburn two weeks ago. They got blowed out last week against Tennessee. They're not any good at all. Florida at home. Two and a half is a nice small line. Actually kind of like Florida in this game. Um, okay. Clemson at Florida State. Clemson down to three and a half point favorite. Wow. 
Total 51. Ryan, go ahead on this one. This is really, really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at this and you kind of want to say, you know, you snap call Clemson, but I don't think it's that easy. I like Florida State. I actually like the way they're playing for the most part. I think they can get after the quarterback. And I think that's like that's Clemson's biggest issue is DJ just gets pummeled in the pocket. And that's what Florida State's the best at. So <laughs> I would probably stay away from this game. But I, I would be tempted to sprinkle a little Florida State money line just just in case there's magic. I have I have a weird feeling. Um, yeah, this is a very tough one for me. You know, sometimes we get uh, over obsessed with numbers and stats and stuff. And just the, the like old nineties college football fan of me sometimes just looks at teams and says like, there's no way this team makes it through the season without losing a game. Um, so I'm checking Clemson's schedule right now and being like, what games can they lose? And, uh, there's actually a lot, uh, but this week's definitely one of them. And then, you know, Syracuse, Notre Dame, definitely not Louisville. Uh, and then maybe Miami or maybe who knows what Spencer Rattler will be like, but you know, they, they've got to lose at some point. I mean, they just haven't been good. Uyunglele, like, I still don't believe in him, even though he's looked good the last couple of games, like there's something's up, you know what I mean? I think he's fooling us. So I'm going to take the points with Florida state and I'm going to stay away from the total. And I think if Clemson gets it done, I think it's by three. I'm going to respectfully disagree. Florida State coming off of two losses, make it three, lay the points with Clemson, superior talent, superior team, Clemson by 10. Okay, next game. Mississippi State at Kentucky. Don't know if Levis is playing or not. Obviously, that's a big factor. Uh, Mississippi State minus four, total 49 only. Um, Will Rogers, uh, 22 touchdowns on the year passing already through six games. Pretty impressive. Um, I think it's real simple. Uh, If Levis is out, go ahead and bet Mississippi State. If he's playing, um, maybe lean Kentucky as a home team who's pissed off after a couple losses they probably shouldn't have had. Tom, what do you think about that game? Now you got it. Sounds good. Ryan, you got anything to add on that one? I've not picked the Mike Leach game correctly <laughs> since he's been in Mississippi State. I'm out. <laughs> that is true. You're like, <laughs> I believe you sent that text this past weekend. You're like, I'm 0 for 50 with Mike Leach, so I'm, I'm done. Um, all right. Uh, let's see here. Let's see what we got. What we got? What we got. All right, this is the last game I'm going to talk about, and feel free uh, to throw in ones that I've missed. Nighttime, USC at Utah. US, or sorry, correction. Utah, minus three and a half, total 65. Utah, home game, night game. Ryan, go ahead. This is actually the hardest game to predict of the entire week. This is impossible for me to figure out. I love both of these programs. I like watching both teams play. I just, I really don't know. I want to take Utah. I wanted to take Utah. I took Utah last week against UCLA. They're home. It's at night, but not really at night. It's at like six o'clock. 
So it's not like a seven that they're already eight o'clock night game. So this is a tough one. This is a tough one for me. Um, I probably, I'd probably lean USC. Like, I don't have full faith in them yet, but if they win this game, then I think they run the table. So this is the big game for me to watch. Tom Z, I know it's West Coast, but this is a marquee game. Yeah, I mean, Utah's just been a... After disappointing me last week, I just don't think I can roll with them anymore. But I don't really love the way USC has been playing either. Like, are they good? You guys would know better than me. They seem okay, but they definitely don't seem as great as we thought they were the first couple of weeks. Oddly inconsistent. They have feasted off of creating a lot of turnovers on defense, which is usually um, unsustainable long-term. But hey, look, they got Caleb Williams, uh, Travis Dye, Jordan Addison, Mario Williams, Lincoln Riley. Give me the three and a half. I think if Utah wins, it's a close three-point game. But I, I, I kind of feel like USC is undervalued, believe it or not, in this spot. Um, as we've seen with Utah, they struggle with teams with uh, athletic quarterbacks who can score points. Uh, their most recent losses being... Ohio State, Florida, and UCLA. Um, you know, they're only four and three over their past seven games they've played. Um, and the wins are against pretty mediocre teams, to be honest with you. Look, I love Utah. They were our Tinder team last year, but it's Tinder. We've moved on. It's TCU at this point. So I'm betting USC and taking the points on Saturday night. I don't know about you guys, but I'm not, that's, that, that's where I'm leaving. Um, and um, I think that's it. Um, yeah. Tom, which games you want to talk about? Uh, Ryan, why don't you go first? Because I only have one and we'll do it at the end. All right. Um, another late night game, UNC versus Duke. Go ahead and take UNC minus the seven and over 67. We're just going to go take overs on US- UNC every week. Duke's not pathetic. UNC scores a billion. This is going to be like 52 to 20. So I like this over. Uh, And then I like a tarmac parlay of the week. Go ahead and take (laughs) Tulane minus 12 at USF and Rice plus four at Florida Atlantic. Yeah, you heard that right. Rice plus four. Go ahead and take that one too. Wow. All right. There's other games. Uh, I would point out Notre Dame hosts Stanford in a 17 point line. Yet another game. If you time traveled back eight years, you'd be like that game's on this weekend. Oh, wow. A marquee matchup. Uh, No, Stanford's actually one of the worst teams in the country. So I think uh, Notre Dame is probably the smart play there, but I don't want to talk about that. We like to talk about important, in-state rivalries on this show. And one of the most important through our 10 years of take the points that we talk about every, there's two that we love to talk about. One is ULL versus ULM, which I believe already occurred this year. The other is the former worst game of all time between New Mexico and New Mexico state this year, New Mexico is a six and a half point favorite traveling to New Mexico state over under a big 10 ask 37 and a half. So I'll ask for your guys' picks. 
Also, my question is, while uh, the New Mexico teams are not as bad as they used to be, is Arizona becoming the new New Mexico in terms of football? No, Tom. That that's a bit drastic, Tom. Yeah, we're not we're not there yet. But you asked for a pick, and I got a pick for you. The pick is New Mexico. The the six and a half is an easy easy lay, and here's why. Remember when the tarmac where we talked about how awful Florida International and Mike McIntyre are? One of their two wins was New Mexico State. That's all I need to know. Ouch. New Mexico is going to ham. They're going to hammer them. I'm taking the over of 37 and a half. It's going to be like <laughs> kind of nice weather. I don't know. New Mexico State scored 45 on Hawaii. They gave up 66, that shitbag Wisconsin team. 37 and a half. Like, come on. 37 and a half is, is reserved for Iowa. Anyone not named yeah. Iowa or, or a service academy, I'm taking the over. So. I'm going to bet the over. I'm actually going to bet this over and find a stream of this bullshit and try to figure out a way to get 38 points in this game. All right. Anything else? I've got nothing. Either of you want a final word on this show? I would like to thank college football for not having as absurd roughing the pass for penalties as they do in the NFL. Um, oh, you mean normal tackling? Yeah. Uh, NFL is uh, pure sports entertainment at this point. And uh, I'd like to thank college football for being more physical and more fun. All right. Okay. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll be back again next week. Rest in peace. Be no cook and good night. Take the point. 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 Take the point.